Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. Sponsored by Frey Bentos. Succulent processed meat products, conveniently packaged in a tin. On these podcasts, I look at Iron Maiden and their songs, and the impact that they had on me growing up as a boy in Birmingham in the 1980s. On this episode, I'm covering the song Iron Maiden, which is the eighth song on the debut album, and it's also the final song. I'm delighted that I'm doing this episode on the same week that the debut album is celebrating its 40th anniversary. This means that you can use the eight episodes that I've recorded as a sort of commentary while you're listening to it. However, I'm also planning a bonus episode in a few weeks, which will look at the album as a whole. Now last week I covered the song Charlotte the Harlot and I had some comments as I often do. I got some comments saying that I was a bit harsh in poo-pooing the notion that somebody could have a career that rhymed with their own name and I've had a few examples sent in this week. Mark Harvey from Birmingham says that he knows a lady called Carolina whose career is a website designer. I've had a comment from someone called Evil Edna who says that their nan lives a few doors down to a lady called Violet, who in the war was a pilot. I've had a message from someone called Mumra, saying that they know someone called Rupert Tyler, who's a supervisor. So it's nice that there are some coincidences in the world, and perhaps some people are drawn to professions that sound like their names. But I still maintain that the song Charlotte the Harlot has got a silly song title. I've had a tweet from Hawklord, and I'm guessing that most of you know what he's going to say in it. Now, unfortunately, I hadn't realised that this character has been tweeting in on every episode with the same fact. Hawklord has clearly been messing me about, and I don't like it, so I'm not going to give him any more exposure because he's just been using me as a platform to put across some sick agenda, and I haven't got time for that. I'm here to talk about the songs Iron Maiden and a few other things. I'm not here to indulge weirdos. The song Iron Maiden is a classic and I'm a bit nervous about doing a podcast about it because it's so important. It's a song they've played the most live and apparently at every show they've ever performed. When they do this, Eddie comes on the stage. Now Eddie is the mascot, in case you don't know. He's the creature on the sleeves, on the cover art. At the time of this album, he was just a head behind the drum kit and as time went on he got more sophisticated it could have been a man in a mask running about or it could have been someone on stilts or even a remote controlled figure fans are happy when it's played live it is a classic but I doubt many would list it as their favourite song of the bands according to a website called Setlist they've played this song 2,264 times doing some maths I realised that is 132 hours or five and a half days. If I listen to this song for that amount of time in a row, then I'd probably get told off by my mum, but I'd also get a bit fed up and maybe tired. I don't think the band are fed up of playing this though after 40 years, and you know, you consider that they've wasted five and a half days of their life performing this for us, and I think we should probably thank them for this. The song starts with this incredible guitar sound, which sounds simple, but it also sounds menacing. The song itself is just a repeated structure, verse and chorus, a bit like in Prowler. The first line is, Won't you come into my room 
I want to show you all my wares. Now I learned my lesson from the experience in the song Phantom of the Opera and I decided I wasn't going to write these lines in a Valentine's card. I thought that the word wares meant like things, so you know, come into my room and I can show you my things, which at the time would have just been Star Wars figures and some football stickers. However, I find out now that the word wares means articles of manufacture considered as being for sale or any talent or asset regarded as a saleable commodity. Judging on the previous songs, this might be again about a prostitute or a sex worker. So rather than someone coming to someone's house and showing them things in a wardrobe, it sounds like it might just be a prostitute luring someone into their room and showing them their boobs. The next line is, I just want to see your blood, which is also a theme in Charlotte the Harlot, when he said, let me see blood. I think this is more to do with a horror image rather than a fetish of Steve Harris, although he does just want to stand and stare, which is a bit voyeuristic. Here's Steve Harris talking about the song. Yeah, the song Iron Maiden, it, it nearly never happened, to be honest. We'd been playing that for a few years before we went into the studio and uh, I took it in and uh, we were really proud of it. Obviously, it was a, a fan favourite and uh, one of the producers we had working on the album, um, one of the many we had, he said, uh, you don't want a song the same name as the band. That's that's a bit old hat, that. I said, nah, come on, mate, it's not that unreasonable. It's uh, a common thing, isn't it? He said, nah, that's early 70s stuff, that. Yeah, we've finished with all that now. Punk rock's changed everything. You should you know, move with the times, you know, move onwards, you know, look to the future. And I said, no, we're not learning anything from punk, mate. That's in the past now. We're Iron Maiden. We, we don't want to take any notice of what the punks did. We're heavy metal. And he insisted. He said, no, I think you should change the name of the song to something else. And I said, come on, mate. It's Iron Maiden. That's in the chorus. It's going to be a, a crowd pleaser, a sing-along. And he said, no, I'm not doing it. I said, well, if that's your attitude, you can sling your hook because we don't want you producing a debut album. So off he went. And yeah, the, as the grey face was leaving, I said to him, ah, well, what, you know what, mate? I'm going to play this song live every show we do for the next 40 years, and that'll teach you a lesson. Every time you hear about it, you'll be regretting this day for as long as you live. And I think I was right. The song's called Iron Maiden. And an Iron Maiden was a type of torture instrument in the 19th century. It was a bit like a closet with spikes inside it. So you'd put someone in that you didn't like and shut the door and then they'd be impaled and probably die. I remember seeing a device like this on an episode of the Paul Daniels Magic Show in 1986. In this episode, Paul Daniels had a velvet version of an Iron Maiden and he put his attractive assistant, Debbie McGee, inside it. When he shut the door, the audience gasped. But when he opened it again, nothing had happened. As a result of this, I asked for a Paul Daniels magic set for Christmas. When I opened the box, there was nothing in it like this. It was just cards, some hoops, and a, a magic wand that didn't do anything. It was very disappointing. The term Iron Maiden is also used as a nickname for Margaret Thatcher. This came about after she went to some countries beyond the Iron Curtain and was quite tough. The band or the song weren't named after her though, because that nickname came later. I believe the song is about the band themselves. The band are going to get you, no matter how far or wherever you are. And I think that this means that it's their music that will get you and you know draw you in, and you can't escape it. But it isn't torture. 
The music makes you want to get up and dance and headbang and get your toy snooker cue out and pretend it's a guitar and then mime along to the song, pretending you're in front of your school assembly performing it and all the school are loving it and they're amazed at your skill and coolness and they're saying, wow, who knew Wayne could do this? Even Caroline Blissett. It's quite an unusual thing in music history to have a song title that's the same name as the band and also be on an album with the same title. I imagine that the band were inspired by Black Sabbath, who were also a hard rock band. However, other bands have done this, like synth-pop pioneers Talk Talk in the 1980s and gritty urban popsters New Kids on the Blocks in the 1990s. The song's got a lot of tricks that we've seen on other songs. Uh, we've also got Dennis Stratton on backing vocals, of course, and that howling guitar that we saw on Prowler. There's a really good breakdown uh, where we've got a bass solo, which is quite nice, for Steve Harris, and then they've got some machine gun drumming from Clive Burr. It's almost like the band are showcasing their best bits, knowing that the album's coming to an end. It must have been quite an emotional moment for them, especially for Dennis Stratton, who wouldn't be on the next album. The end of the song happens, and, and of course that's the end of the album, and the sound that it makes at the end of this song. It sounds like the end of the world. It sounds like everything's slowing down, or shutting down into a void of nothingness. A bit like my 12th birthday party at Stetchford Swimming Baths. There's an early version of this on the Soundhouse tapes, which is very good. The Soundhouse tapes was a demo that I made and did before they were famous and they took it round looking for record company interest. It's quite a rare item now, and fans can pay lots of money for it. There's a lot of counterfeits though, and you have to know what shade of orange the original is. And I think this is quite difficult, because the, the orange may have faded over time. OK, I'm going to talk to Trevor now, see what he thinks about this important song. Uh, so I'll just give him a ring now. Hello, Wayne. Hi, Trevor, how are you doing? I am alright, thanks Wayne, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, um, I'm excited because we're talking about the song Iron Maiden this week, so uh, how do you feel about that song? Yeah, it's a classic isn't it, I like it um, it's a good end to the album and I like it when they play this live Great Okay, well I'm hoping as it's the final song on the album I don't want to say the final show in the series because there's still a few more episodes from me uh, that I'm expecting to go out so hopefully there'll be some more poetry but uh, has this song inspired anything for you this week? Yes, it has uh, I'm going to read what I've got here now see what you think I've actually done some things that I think are quite revolutionary in poetry Okay, well let's uh, see what they are If you're the Iron Maiden then I am the golden knight. I'll ride up to your tower and save you from your plight. I'll demonstrate my bravery like a vegan at a carvery. OK, well, first thing I'll notice there, Trevor, is bravery and carvery, they, they don't really rhyme, do they? I mean, they're not even an assonant rhyme. That's right, Wayne, it isn't. It's a new type of thing. And all I've done there is change some letters round, the R and the A in those words, and that's that's like wordplay. And I think I've invented a new type of rhyme there. I'm not sure that's true, Trevor. I'm, I'm sure people have done that before. No, I'll, I'm not, not sure they have, Wayne. I, I think I'm going to call that a Trevor, and then in the poem world people can start using this, and then they'll say, oh, he's used a Trevor in that poem. I don't know if that's true, Trevor. I think maybe that has been done before. I was just you know, confused because it, it didn't quite rhyme and I don't know if it's artistic or, or good or not, really. 
I think the people that matter, Wayne, will, will know it's a key moment in the history of poetry, um, probably on a par with the impact of modernism in the 1920s. Okay. I've also noticed, Trevor, that the poem you did for Charlotte the Harlot and now this one have both had six lines in. Um, and for me, it's felt like it's ended a bit quickly. I mean, is six lines, that's, that's unusual, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Uh, most poems have four lines, which, or, you know, four lines within a stanza, and they're called quatrains, Wayne. Okay. I think I've heard that term before. Yeah, so what I've done, I've uh, invented a six-line poem, and I'm going to call it a sex train. A, a sex train? That, yes. Okay, I suppose with a quatrain it makes sense, but isn't a sex train, isn't that something else? No, I don't think it is, Wayne. I've looked it up in the dictionary. There's no such thing as a sex train. So, uh, again, I think on this show, people will look back at this. Um, yeah, they'll be interested in the Iron Maiden things, but there's also some cutting-edge poetry going on. OK, well, uh, this is all, at all very well talking about the, the style, but what's actually going on in the poem? You're just rescuing some maiden from a tower and you've just thrown in a, a reference to veganism? Yeah, vegan at a carvery, Wayne. It's like a simile. OK, well, thanks for that, Trevor. Um, as I said, recently we've got quite a lot of people who, who listen to the show who may appreciate this sort of thing, so I'm, I'm very happy that you've been able to produce this. OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Well, I suppose Trevor's cheered up at least. He seems more passionate about poetry. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um as I've mentioned in passing, just because I'm near the end of the album, it doesn't mean it's the end of the series. I'll be looking at Sanctuary next week, and I mentioned that I might be doing a review of the album in a few weeks as well. And there's a few more songs that they released before Killers, so certainly expect some more episodes in the coming weeks. You can find me on social media. Um, I get more interaction on Twitter, which is at Wayne Maiden, but I'm also on Facebook. I've had a tweet about Sanctuary, funnily enough, by Mr Chuckle, and he says that he owns three different versions of the album, one that doesn't have Sanctuary on it, one with it at track two, which is the 1998 remaster, and one with it as track seven, which was the North American release. So um, that's interesting. I've also had a tweet from Master Pip, who uh, says, has anybody come forward in helping Paul Diano with fixing his time machine? Uh, well, I, I did have a bit of a shout out i suppose in the transylvania episode who after we heard his plight i've, I've used a, a trevor word there he did say does anyone know how they can fix the time machine and um unsurprisingly i've not had anyone come forward so uh, if anyone is you know hoping for an update there i'm sorry that there isn't one and i'm sure i would have told you if there was one so uh but thank you for asking so that's the end of the album um eight songs all good all different reasons hopefully you've learned something about them from my show so far next week i'll be covering sanctuary so i hope to see you then 